Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Golf Shake podcast. My name is Kieran Clark, and this week on this special episode, I am joined once again by Golf Shake ambassador Andrew Picken. Andy, welcome back to the podcast. Hi there. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Andy, how are you today? Very, very good. Very good. Slightly overcast conditions in Derbyshire. What's the weather like up at St Andrews? Uh, very similar to what you have just described. Uh, the home mm. of golf today, the old grey tune, is looking rather grey under the cloud today. But uh, we've had worse days, obviously, now in September. So the golf season is kind of it's almost passing us by. But uh, we have still some a few key weeks left. And I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast will be getting out there and trying to get as much golf as they can before the autumn rolls in in October. But Andy, I know you're very excited as I am about this week's podcast because we are taking a deep excavation behind one of the most iconic venues in British golf and that is Carnoustie Golf Links. And we also had the chance to go there earlier this year and sample the golf courses and the facilities and see what it's all about and gain an understanding about what this public venue, this very inclusive public venue represents. And we're going to delve into that into great detail on the podcast this week. So obviously everyone knows the championship course at Carnoustie for being an eight-time host of the Open, a former Women's British Open venue, and twice home to the Senior Open. So the championship course really requires no introduction. And obviously that comes with it, Andy, a great deal of you know, a reputation, a great standing, and everyone has an idea of what Carnoustie is going to be like before they even go there. I know you went there last year as part of the, the, the Carnoustie Country press trip. Then this year you went back alongside your son Alex and, of course, myself for a great day that we had there back in early June. So, mm. Andy, in terms of your – before you even went to Carnoustie for the first time, what were your expectations for what you were going to see and experience uh, – what, what did you feel Carnoustie was going to be like before you got there? Well, everything that I was sort of anticipating and looking forward to and was actually just a little bit nervous about was based around the coverage that I'd seen on TV and going back onto um, reels that I'd seen of Hogan's performance in winning the Open in 53, but then Van der Velt, the experience there when Paul Laurie won the uh, the playoff and everything that I, all the opinions I'd formed were based around that. Mm-hmm. And but obviously, this is a venue of global standing. For it to have had eight opens during the course of its history, this is one of the greatest golf courses in the world. And so the night before you're about to play, there's an element of, of trepidation. There's an element of fear. There's an element of, am I going to make an absolute chump of myself when I get on this golf course? And that actually, for me, is part of the excitement of the game. Mm-hmm. Because not only are you testing your own game, but you're testing yourself against the course that's been played by all these greats over the years. Um, there are some of the highest ranked courses that I've been to that are not as welcoming and on I didn't feel as comfortable visiting as I did at Carnoustie. Mm-hmm. That was one of the overwhelming feelings that I got that they are completely geared towards the visiting golfer, that there is a feeling of 
pride and almost an element of the staff and the people connected to Carnoustie being very, very comfortable showing it off because they're incredibly confident in how good it is at whatever level. You could take a professional golfer, a scratch golfer, an average golfer like me, and each is going to get pleasure to the similar amounts just from the pure pleasure of playing the game on those links. Um, That's special. There's something quite indiscernible about that. There's... You can't really put a label on that, but the feeling that I got was one of a a showing off style of welcome. You know, I'm proud of this. Come and have a look at it because we know this is strong enough to handle any level of golfer from anywhere in the world. And you will go away having had a wonderful golfing experience. And, And that, for me is a massive massive selling point would i go back tomorrow oh yes <laughs> shall we go <laughs> i can book a time yeah. <laughs> no it was uh no i quite agree i think the whole the whole what i was struck by when we went there was uh, the, the the real warmth of the hospitality and, and there was a there's a very relaxed confidence to everyone at Carnoustie. i mean as you say they know how good it is they know how good the facilities are there and it's so mm. well slickly run and professional uh, but very welcoming at the same time. So they, they do provide a great experience even before you stand on the tee. Um, and that was a, a real selling point for them. And um, and again, as you say, you know, they, they, are, they have built themselves uh, to welcome golfers from all over the place because in the end it is a public venue. So golfers come from far and wide, internationally, obviously close to home. Uh, the, the local residents of Carnoustie also have a rights to play on the courses there too. So they have got that almost a community feel. Everyone who who, who works at Carnoustie, most of them seem to live in the general area. So they have a real affiliation with the golf course and they know how important it is to Carnoustie, the town itself. And for anyone who doesn't know the geography, Carnoustie is a small town on the east of Scotland in the county of Angus, just a short drive north of the city of Dundee. So it's very accessible for basically anyone from coming across the UK. You have Dundee Airport, you have Aberdeen Airport up the road, train station literally yards from the golf course and very accessible by road as well. So it's a great place to get to. Uh, you're, it's a short journey across the water, really from St Andrews as well. So it's part of a, a real fantastic uh, region uh, for golf. This little eastern corner of Scotland and uh, windswept and interesting it often is, but uh, it certainly delivers on some great golf and Carnoustie might very well be the jewel in that uh, rather impressive crown so Andy in terms of the championship course as you say going into it it has the reputation as being one of the most challenging golf courses in the world we've seen that you know exemplified so many times in the opens through the decades really it has a almost an ominous reputation but I think what's always struck me about it I think what the players, the top players in particular, have always enjoyed about it is it's not a gimmicky golf course. It's not difficult because it's, you know, a bit silly. It is very fair, very challenging. The conditions obviously dictate an awful lot, but it's a golf course that, you know, if you hit good shots, you can make some good scores. And if you hit bad shots, you will likely be punished for them. So, and ultimately, that's probably what a golf course at that level should be like. Um, so standing on that first team, and I have to confess to the listeners that I... I chickened out playing the championship course. I've played it before. 
I enjoyed it, but this time I didn't feel quite up to it and I thought I would just cut my losses and be a spectator, which was a great experience. So watching you and Alex play the championship course was great fun for me, but for you standing on that tee in front of the hotel, beginning the round on one of the, as you say, one of the greatest golf courses in the world, describe that for me, please. It, I felt actually strangely relaxed but that was because of an incident that had happened about 15 20 minutes before because if you remember we sat on the patio area having a coffee Mm -hmm. um i remember looking over alex and seeing how pale he was (laughs) and thinking i must be considerably paler than him right now (laughs) and i could feel that you know you get that that nervous excitement when you're about to do something that's um it's a bucket list item mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt. But I looked over to the side of the first tee and there's a putting green there. Yeah. And there was a little girl with her dad and the putter was bigger than her. <laughs> That's right. And she was having a whale of a time knocking the ball around on this, uh, on this green at the side of the first tee literally where only um, the year before I'd seen the stands mm-hmm. there ready and waiting to to witness Molinari's magnificent success when he'd won in 2018. And here was this young girl and her father completely oblivious to all of this tradition and history, just purely enjoying their own version of the game of golf. Yeah. And I, I was... Initially, I was thinking, oh my goodness, somebody's going to, there's going to be a member of staff, they're going to come over, this is going to be a confrontation. But actually, that was encouraged. And it was, there's an enthusiasm for the staff when you talk to them. And because I did do after we'd, we'd played about that. And there is such an element of inclusivity mm. and engagement with the local community. Majority of the staff are also members of the club. And their family and friends want involvement with the club. It's a really community-based thing. And having seen this, actually took an edge off the nerves. I was still terrified as I stood to address the ball. And I still had the 2001 swing thoughts that I normally bring with me to my average golf game. But as soon as I'd got that ball away and the, the starter just tapped me gently on the shoulder and said, have a good game, sir. I'm sure you will. It, it, that 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 was it. We were off and running, and there I was with my son, with you, playing one of the greatest golf courses in the world. What's not to just devour and consume about that? Because anybody who is interested in golf at whatever level, and I'm not a brilliant golfer by any stretch of the imagination, but the sheer fact that I was there, I was present, I'd played the shot and this round and this course was spread out in front of me. How magnificent is that? I, 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 I can feel, as I'm talking about it, I'm genuinely getting excited because I can put myself back into the context <laughs> of how I felt on that tee and with that shot. And it was, it's magnificent. Yeah. It, it absolutely magnificent experience. Well, you say you're not a brilliant golfer. But you did have one quite, not even brilliant, magnificent, you know, superb, extraordinary, remarkable, you know, legendary, unforgettable hole. 
at Carnoustie. And for anyone who has played, you know, a great appeal of playing a golf course like the Championship Course at Carnoustie or any of the great venues across the British Isles, the great appeal is, for many people, the idea of almost literally walking in the footsteps of all the great players who have come before, playing the shots or trying to play the shots that your heroes have did in the open decades gone by. And that's a great appeal for all these golf courses and one that is hard for anyone anyone with an imagination. It's hard not to get caught up in that idea of you're walking on these famous fairways. And as I always say, I mean, if you're a tennis fan, you will never play at Wimbledon. If you're a football fan, you'll never play at Wembley. Or if you're a cricket fan, Lords, or Twickenham if you're a rugby fan, or anything like that. But golf is one of those very unique sports where you almost literally can always play the golf course, play on the stage where the top players have played in the most important and prestigious championships in the game. And that's something that's wonderful to celebrate. And Carnoustie is obviously a great example of that. And on that golf course, if anyone's ever been there, the sixth hole at Carnoustie is a very challenging par five with the outer bounds down the left, all the bunkers on the right, a very narrow slither fairway to hit off the tee if you're brave enough. And this hole has been named Hogan's Alley. And Andy, you touched on it earlier, you know, Ben Hogan won the Open famously at Carnoustie, his only appearance in the Championship back in 1953. His precision off the tee and his brilliant iron play, you know, mastered uh, this Championship links and it mastered this very challenging par five. And there's a lovely little plaque next to the first tee inscribing and immortalising Hogan's record there and celebrating that legacy. And again, providing that historical context for anyone who's actually been on, who's, who's playing the hole. And we've touched on a previous podcast, Andy, your great respect and affiliation with Ben Hogan. He's someone you, who you greatly admire from history in golf. And of course, playing that hole, you know, before we get to what you did in the hole, just being on that hole, how exciting was that, given your reverence for Hogan? Well, I've... Um... I've got a copy of the plaque um, and I'm just reading what it says um, because it's by the first tee and Alex and I sat down and you took some photographs of us with Mm -hmm. the plaque in front. And it just says in each of the four rounds of the 1953 open championship, Hogan chose the tight driving line between fairway bunkers and the outer bounds fence, the best ball striker golf had ever seen. Hogan described the sensation of hitting the perfect golf shot as a feeling that goes up the shaft right into your hands and then into your heart. And his character, it then goes on to say, is typified by his own quote, I don't like the glamour, I just love the game. <laughs> and, and and that, that for me, that um, knowing a little bit about his personality and everything else, that just typifies for me an elite golfer at the top of his game in the four rounds, the story is told that you could have thrown a blanket over the landing points of where he put his balls on all four days, but bearing in mind the wind and weather conditions were entirely different, but his such was his control that he was able to put it into what he perceived to be the perfect condition. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I was actually there stood on the tee listening to the the soundtrack of that golf course which is incredible in its own right because between Carnoustie and Panmure is an artillery range so you're regularly hearing gunfire artillery shells <laughs> machine guns you can actually smell cordite when the wind is in the right direction uh, there are trains and it, it's just 
it's a completely sensory experience mm. to be on that golf course. And if, like me, you're one of these who's uh, embedded in the history and tradition of the game, and you do, it sounds really silly, but you do sort of imagine how these people would have felt in the times before. Um, to be in the same position, literally exactly the same position, like you said, just on the same stage as them, it's it's an incredible, it's a surreal experience. Um, and then knowing that you were there with all the video equipment, that amped up the tension just that little bit more. Um, Alex put away a decent drive, uh, and then I hit a drive that I... I'll be perfectly honest. I've been trying to replicate ever since because it was it was as sweet as a nut. It really it did fly, and the fact that it was on video when I was able to illustrate it during the course of the article was was pretty cool. Really, that that was that was a real pleasure. It, it, it was indeed. But, I mean, uh, there was a lot of adrenaline in that tee shot. I think, and uh, and and clearly, I mean, you talk about being on the same stage as the great players of the past. I mean, you had a standing ovation almost in that team. You know, a great, you know, for that. It was just incredible. The, the shot you hit there, you know, you powered, you probably powered by Hogan's landing area back in the day. You know, it was a, an absolute bullet drive in the perfect position. But what happened after that point uh, was something that was truly astonishing. I mean, you get very greedy to hit one great shot is a good thing. That, that's enough for most people, but you hit, four great shots on this par five, uh, which was truly astonishing to witness. I mean, you, you, you yeah. Well, I, I then decided, I, de I then decided that having had one really good shot, uh, knowing my golf game as I do, that I, it would be, uh, it would have been ridiculous to try and get to the green in two. That just would have been beyond my imagination. So deliberately tried to lay up with a five iron and just slightly blocked it out right so that I'd short-sided myself uh, between the green uh, and there was a bunker, there was some gorse and all the rest of it. Um, but hit then a wedge, the like of which I've not hit before it's or since. <laughs> unbelievable shot. It's indescribable from the angle you were at to get it more or less pin high, admittedly about 20 feet to the to the left of the pin. But nonetheless, I mean, to get in that position on a very narrow, small green, very small target area was a ridiculous shot. Mm. The loft you played in that was incredible. But it left you with that putt. Yeah, yeah it was. And you had that putt. And of course that putt was for birdie. And at this point... Mm -hmm. It was a real sense of, you know what, something very special could happen here. He's hit the three best shots of his life here. Surely he's going to cap it off with a great putt. And I said to Alex, you know, film this because I've got a feeling something's going to happen here. And Alex had the perfect position, nice framing of the shot for you. And you, I assume, mm. were unaware at this point that you were being filmed on the green. You were just thinking, you know, where, where are you thinking of holding the putt or just trying to get it close to the hole for a two-putt par? What were you thinking at that point on the green with a putt for par, a chance to achieve a, a very rare birdie, an immortalised birdie on Hogan's Alley? Honestly, I wasn't thinking anything. My head was completely and utterly empty. It was, <laughs> there was just no single thoughts. All I could see um was the ball and the line and and i as soon as i stood to the ball i knew where the line was and i knew the pace that i'd got to hit um i literally i just stood up to it and hit it it, it was it, it's 
a ridiculous thing to say because you would imagine that you would take extra care. You'd be prowling around. You'd, I, I didn't look for the line. I didn't do the normal routine in any way, shape or form. I just stood and hit the ball. And then to, to watch it track towards the hole um, on the line that I'd chosen, it, it was almost as if there'd been a little bit of divine intervention. And then to see it dive in the hole and disappear for the birdie, well, that was just, well, you can tell. You, you watch the video and I'm, I'm bellowing like a bison. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the most pure release of energy I've seen in a golf course personally. You know, Tiger at the Masters this year was pretty good, but you and the sixth at Carnoustie wasn't bad either. The release of energy, just the sheer rawness of the emotion was quite incredible. And it was, it was great fun to witness and as you touched on there it was caught in video you did write about it in greater detail in an article and we'll link to that on golf shape see anyone listening to this now can go and read about you know the dream birdie on hogan's alley in greater detail and see the moment when you uh, hold that putt and uh, this the reaction was um was incredible so that I, I imagine that in itself that one hole in isolation would have made the experience for you yeah, the, the, it, Alex's commentary, it was only when I played back the video that I realised that he'd actually made any comments because I genuinely didn't hear them at the time. And when when he was talking about, um, you know, Ben Hogan's yes. number one fan scoring birdie on Hogan's alley, it was just, I, it had a real resonance to me because that's when the penny dropped that I knew that mm. he understood fully how important yeah. that was because part of the the lad and dad trip that we were doing was was to add to his golf in education so it wasn't just about the competitive golf that is involved in in college it's about understanding where golf is and why we are there and why we follow the traditions and why you're your own referee and the integrity and all everything else that goes with it um and it was just, it really reinforced to me that he understood where mm-hmm. I was coming from with that. And and that that was special. But I only realized that sort of a couple of days afterwards when I actually went through the video and, and yes. heard his commentary. Because I genuinely didn't hear it. <laughs> You're at so the caught time. up in the moment, I think. <laughs> and uh, to be fair, I think that moment yeah. lasted for quite a while. As I hate to do this to you, but your next tee shot on the seventh. Mm. Yeah. yeah, out of bounds yeah. left. <laughs> it's just basically sort of encapsulated what golf is. I mean, the highest of highs to just a crushing sense of reality once again. But to be fair, I think I think you earned that though. It gives it and it did. takes away. Uh, I think it gave an awful lot on that sick fall. I mean, you you had a real handful of of goodies to take from golf that day. I mean, it was uh, very generous to you and Carnoustie. So as you touched on there, you know, that's an incredible moment and represents what the magic of playing these courses. And you're literally doing a a great moment, a great thing, you know, on holes that have been you know legendary through the years, and that's one of the most iconic uh, par fives in championship golf. And you, for that one time, mm. you mastered it. And if you never go back in future, you'll have always mastered it. So maybe it's like, maybe next time you go there, just skip the sixth. Just, you know, leave the perfect memories of that four. Just don't want to ruin that one. Uh, Do you know what? That 
that's not going to happen. That's not going <laughs> to no, happen. No, true enough. <laughs> but, uh, because the, there are other people that's done it. I, I was I was watching the um, the European Tour video that they put together of the course record mm-hmm. that uh, Tommy Fleetwood put on during the Dunhill Links. Sixty three shots around that course. Impossible, isn't it? Off oh. off the championship tees. It absolutely <laughs> beggars belief. But having watched the clarity of thinking and the purity of the strike and the way in which he played. Oh my goodness me. That is just a different level. Um, and I, the first thing I did was to check his scorecard to see what he recorded on the sixth <laughs> to see if I'd beaten him. And I didn't, he birded it too. <laughs> so. Fair enough. <laughs> to be fair, I think for you, it would be a net Eagle. So you're okay. You, you would win the hole on the, on the handicap, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for you. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to you know, do the <laughs> you need it. So I'm always here. But um, but yeah, so I think when you walk a golf course like this and you play a golf course like this, it gives you a real appreciation how good the top players are <laughs> when you see mm. the, the scores that they shoot on these courses because Carnoustie is a, you know, it's wonderfully, you know, it's a tremendously fair golf course, but it is unrelentingly challenging. I mean, there's, there's not really an easy hole on the course, but at the same time, it, when I played the golf course the year before you did, I mean, I always felt it was just, a, it was just a, a, almost an intoxicating experience just to go around there and to just embrace the challenge. And I think for any golfer of any level, um, uh, you, you, you have to get a kick out of that because it's just great fun. And particularly when you get towards the last few holes, which we documented in great detail in Golf Shake last year, I mean, particularly the last four holes, I mean, are really challenging, but they're exciting to play. You, you, oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. There, there, there's, there, you, how can I put it? You get that first tee tingle on practically the entire back nine mm. because you can actually feel the, the rhythm of the course, the tempo of the course, the difficulty of the holes. It's, it's almost as if the screw and the pressure is tightening the further you get, the closer you get towards home. And that kind of intensity at whatever level you're playing at, that's why we play. We play for the challenge. Mm -hmm. And this, this course has that in absolute spades. When when they say it's the greatest test, I, I, I would, I would suggest of all the courses I've played, it's, I would agree with that. Um, it's probably on a par with TPC Sawgrass. But again, there's exactly that same feeling when you get to 14, 15, 16, yeah. and it's water everywhere. And every single shot has to be executed really well to stand any kind of a chance of playing to your par. Um, but th- th- there's that kind of intensity. Um, so... I don't think I'm explaining that very well, no, but you are. <laughs> that's, that's the feeling. That's the feeling that I got. So it's the first tea tingle carried on to every tea. <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot of tingles, but um, it's, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah. almost too much for certain that's people to handle. But um, but it's a, you know, a yeah. great experience to play there because, as you say, it always feels like the golf course is always building up. And you know when you're playing it, you know that, that finish, that challenging last few holes are going to come up. You know it's coming. And then when you get there, yeah. the course almost builds up perfectly toward. It's almost like a great sort of a you know, you know, a great classical music piece where it builds up and builds up slowly and slowly. And then you get there, and it's like, yeah, 
here we are. This is it. The last few holes mm. at Carnoustie. This is where the championships have been won and lost. This is where legends have been yeah. made and disasters have happened. And this is your chance to to, have, to create your own little bit of history on it. And, and that's something that anyone, as I say, with an imagination must relish. I mean, that's incredible. Um, so mm. you touched on there, obviously, the golf course, you know, being one of the greatest tests that there is, and there's no doubt about that. And you've played an awful lot of golf courses uh, all around the world and had a great number of experiences and on behalf of Golf Shake over the last few years as well. But going to Carnoustie, obviously great expectations going in there. How did the, the, the experience of playing the championship course reflect those expectations and where does it sit in your overall ranking in your head of the golf courses that you've played? It. It exceeded my my personal expectations from a pleasure and an enjoyment and an educational point of view. The, the fact that Alex was with me added to that 100% because to be able to, to share those experiences with both of you took it to a different level. Um, probably the only other experience from a golfing point of view was playing the old mm-hmm. course at St. Andrews and they're on an equal level. Um, So it's, it's difficult. They're both public courses. They're both municipal courses. They're both courses that are absolutely bathed and washed in history and heritage and tradition. And I would find it difficult to separate the Mm -hmm. two, but I would put them at equal top. If you see what I mean. Yes, Absolutely. It, in my personal view, um, but there are other courses that I've played as part of the, um, you know, we, we did our own Dunhill, the Kings mm. Barnes experience was fabulous. Um, that is an incredible golf mm-hmm. course. And for, for different reasons, that hasn't got the heritage and tradition, but it's just a beautifully yeah. designed um, facility that just felt a total privilege to be able to get access to. Um, and obviously we, we, we won't touch on the, the Dunhill side of things. We can do that on another day. We will perhaps. indeed, yes. But yeah, yeah. But but Carnoustie and St. Andrews, I would say, are equal top. Oh, tremendous. And I say we will delve into St. Andrews and Kings Barnes in a few weeks when we build up towards the Dunhill and complete uh, what was uh, the story behind your, your lad and dad trip with Alex and uh, really the, the ultimate golf experience at the home of golf. I mean, you, it couldn't have worked out any better for you. But at Carnoustie, as I say, the championship course obviously has that has all the headlines, all the history, the, the prestige. But there are other golf courses at Carnoustie, and this is a great thing about it. So mm. you have the Burnside course and the Budden course. Yep. And we played the Budden course yep. when we were there, uh, which rests alongside mm. the, the championship course. Um, uh, you play out in the left-hand side. Actually, it's, it's the closest one to the, the coastline. Uh, mm-hmm. So it has some more of the, of, the, of the sea views that you don't typically get on the other links at, at Carnoustie. Um, and it's a great mm. little course to play. I thought it was... Um, you know, it's a golf course that you'd have actually, if it was there on its own, you'd be very proud to have that as your home golf course. Uh, oh, 100%. but here it's part of a, a great package. So, what were your, what, what was your takeaway from playing the Budden course? I I thought it was imp- impeccably designed. Obviously, um, it was 
developed from land that originally was part from the Ministry of Defence. Peter Alice um, was involved and and it's evolved and developed further so that the design is now, it's exceptional. Mm -hmm. It it literally is. It's a course that if you were to lift and were to put in any other part of Scotland would be an exceptional golf course in its own right. The fact that it's part of this 54 holes well, actually, there's much more than that because there's the there's the junior courses and everything else mm-hmm. that's based within the Carnoustie area. Um, you could literally go to Carnoustie, base yourself there, and play golf uh, for a week yes. because of the different facilities that are available to you. Um, you you go into the the new building, um, which is why I, I use the phrase "surprisingly modern." The golf simulators and the the setup there is some of the best I've seen anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. Um, and literally, when the US Open was on, they'd got local competitions for members and local residents to come in and to play the US Open courses on the simulator, and they'd got their own version of it going. Now, that, w- with a course of this global reputation, having that kind of yeah. foresight and inclusivity, that is just wonderful. Um, the button, for me, had a real resonance. The fact that it is... Every single one of the golf holes is a tribute and has a resonance to uh, a a battle involving the military uh, and a recognition of the sacrifice that's gone before. Obviously, I'm a little bit of a military historian. um, And the resonance within those stories and the plaques on each of the individual tea boxes was something that really resonated with me and the fact that that's a, a permanent record to the as a tribute to the sacrifice of all these people that had gone before i, I think was a wonderful thing um and the fact that it was previously mod land and there's a real sort of synergy between the two uh, and that's something that's it's not really promoted it's not really um widely talked about but for me it felt a real privilege to be given access to those facilities and certainly the local members who we spoke yes. to who were regularly playing the uh, particularly the button mm-hmm. they loved it and i could totally see why because it was just an exceptional layout in brilliant condition um you, you can't it'd be unfair to call it the sort of the the younger brother to the championship links it, it doesn't have quite that kudos as the championship links and you wouldn't expect it to have but both the burnside and the budden are superb quality golf courses that would be worth the journey to travel and play by any golfer of any and they, level. They absolutely would and i think if anyone listened to this i feel as a as a venue to go to for a for a golf break for a you know a two night stay or even a one night stay pack in 54 holes i mean you would have a tremendous experience and you can make a even bigger stay of it because i mean there are so many great golf courses in the surrounding area uh you know andy you touched on pam mm-hmm. Muir just next door earlier it's a wonderful golf course you also have the likes of money fief nearby there's montrose further up the course mm-hmm. there's some great inland courses like edsel and Forfar in the county of Angus and of course you aren't really that far away from Fife so you can go and play at St Andrews or Kings Barnes or all the courses around there even the likes of Perthshire is only an hour or so away down to Glen Eagles and so on and up towards Aberdeen as well so it's a great kind of a setting to base yourself uh, for a golf experience and I think 
a lot of people now are starting to actually go and stay in the city of Dundee, uh, which is a real rejuvenated city in recent years, and realizing that they can have a real base themselves there for a tremendous golf experience, really in all directions all around the city. So it's a great part of the world to That's go and right. visit, and we'd obviously encourage anyone to do so. And I think you're already planning your, your your return trip at some point in the future as well, because uh, there's a lot to discover. That's that's for certain. Hundred percent. Well, there's a, there's a lot to discover, but there's a lot that I want to go back yes. and sample again. I, I want to check out the Victoria and mm. Albert Museum. I want to return back to Edsel because I didn't get the chance to play both uh, of the tracks there, but also. Um, Within a hundred yards of the first tier, Edsel is a hotel that has one of the the it, well, it, it literally is in the Guinness World Book of Records for the amount of different oh whiskies that are on sale, and and they have a whiskey library there, the like of which I have never <laughs> seen in my life, and that the, the unfortunate thing thing for that, it was a wonderful experience to do it, but it's now been put onto the bucket list, and that's. That's something I'm definitely going to have to go so, back so, and It's a very lengthy bucket list you have. But I, it's an awful lot on it. <laughs> and it's getting longer and longer. But that, that, that there are some incredible lifestyle experiences in that area that you would be able to combine. And also, you could mm-hmm. do this on a budget. You wouldn't necessarily yeah. have to go um, and, and stay at the premium hotels and all the rest of it because the – literally everything is accessible and and with a little bit of planning and foresight you would be able to to do those trips on a budget yeah, if you wanted definitely to. and uh, i think there's certainly it's certainly worth an avenue worth exploring for anyone who wants to have a real a great golf experience but it's really a great experience generally and uh, you will certainly get that in this part of the world and andy you touched mm-hmm. on just finally we get towards the end of the podcast you touched on the the facilities there at Carnoustie, the clubhouse, which was opened last year, the Lynx House, it's called, you know, next to the first tee, a very striking building. And within that, you have it's a really welcoming environment, very nice, very open plan, very modern, uh, but it kind of fits in as well. But also within that, as you touched on, there are those simulators within the, the pro shop area. And these are open to the public. Hmm. Kids have lo- Local kids have access to it. You can go in there as a visiting golfer, as a, a member, a local, whatever you might be, and state-of-the-art simulators play the championship course and, and many other courses. They have a, mm-hmm. a fun little zombie game uh, for the kids or even some of the older kids too. And uh, See, I want to go with that. No one gave, no one gave me a chance, unfortunately, but uh, I want to go back. But um, we can hit golf shots and try and blow up zombies, just making the game fun and accessible. And yeah. as you touched on there, you know this is a very historic venue, but at the same time, this building represents a progression. There is a progressive feel uh, to Carnoustie. You know, they, they respect the past and the tradition, but they're also they have to have the foresight to, to look forward. And, and I think that is something that I took away from from going to Carnoustie. Yeah, a hundred percent. There, there are times when golf can get in its own way mm-hmm. because it it's frightened to progress and it's frightened to innovate and to try new things carnoustie to me seems to be confident enough in its own standing and its own quality to be able to try these new things but to deliver them in spades and that's one of the things that i've i take away from the experience at that place because it wasn't in any way stuffy. It wasn't in any way unwelcoming. Yeah. It wasn't in any way unfriendly. It was totally engaging. Um, 
And if, as a visiting golfer, I didn't want to come away. And that's exactly the feeling that you should be leaving any visiting golfer with. Because I I need to go back. It's not a matter of wanting to go back. <laughs> I need to go back there because you, you get that fix. And I've been back twice now. And I will go back a third time mm. because this is a very special place. Um, and one that I would wholeheartedly recommend. And I would defy anyone who goes there to be unsatisfied by the experience. No, I think that you know perfectly encapsulates it. And you know, as I say, bringing together the past and the present and the future together and, and a real welcoming feel. I mean, there, there is an awful lot to enjoy at Carnegie State, and you know they, they are clearly a, a venue that, that have a, you know a great you know a great thinking behind them, and they they know what they're doing, and they, they deliver a great experience to everybody. Whether you be a visiting golfer, a local golfer, a junior. I mean, they're there for everybody, and uh, that is a real set. And, and it, it does, as I say, it, people have this, people out with golf have the misconception that golf can be you know, very elitist and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and in some cases, that can be true, but Carnoustie represents, to me, what golf should be about. And and I think that's something I took away from it. You know, obviously, it's a great golf course for the championship and great facilities, and you expect that. But what you maybe don't expect is that sense of this is a place that represents what the game should be, that inclusivity, seeing a little girl in the putting green, just enjoying the game, just playing the game. Just that's all. It's a game after all. It should be fun. And yeah. people seem to forget that. And um, unfortunately, in, in golf through the, the centuries, people have brought their own politics and their own views their own social structures to what is fundamentally just a game uh, but Carnoustie gets it I mean, they understand what they have there it's something very special and they celebrate that and they promote it but they they warmly welcome you in to be part of it and when you are there you feel like you, you you're you're part of the place you're part of the furniture uh, for that day mm. and the facilities are now are great all around they, 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 in the past said to me one time they knew they had a five-star golf course but now they feel they have a five-star venue to go with it in terms of the new clubhouse mm. in terms of the simulators in terms of the the wonderful uh, rookery restaurant uh, upstairs that has panoramic views across the links and i know as a, a cuisine junkie you were very impressed by the the food that was on offer there and um, you know 100 percent because yeah, 100%. It, it was excellent. Excellent quality, great service, great staff. Um, all of, And all of the staff, when we got to chat to them, um, had engagement and buy-in to the core. Uh, and and that, that's, for me, it's the, it's the package. It's the full package. And um, it, if I were – if I get a phone call from a friend, what would be your idyllic location for a three-day, four-day trip? That would be very, very close. The top of the pile would be to return to Carnoustie because I knew that anybody making that journey and wanting to play that facility, the likelihood of them being disappointed is very, very slim. Um, it. It's a very special place. It's, it's and it I, yeah, I felt privileged to have been able to to enjoy it, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a cracking day. It was a long, very day. long day <laughs> doing thirty six holes and very early start and all the rest of it. But it was something that 
I would do again in a heart. No, no, it, it was an incredible Yes, and very special indeed. And it's been a real privilege to sit and talk about it and reflect upon it. And uh, we could certainly delve into, go on forever about Carnoustie. Uh, but that, we've only really scratched the surface. Uh, and there's an awful lot to uncover when you go there. So we'd obviously say, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about going to Carnoustie and you haven't done it yet, go and do it. You know, it's a must for anybody who has a, who has a, a love for the game and its traditions, but also what it should be about and just and having a great experience. So, no, Carnoustie is right at the top of the pile. It's a jewel in the crown and uh, it was a, it's almost a great joy uh, to go and visit there. And Andy, of course, anyone who wants to read in greater detail about Carnoustie and indeed the, the father-son trip you went on with Alex to there and elsewhere, we can read about that in great detail on the Golf Shake website and we will revisit this part of the world very soon when we delve into the old course at St Andrews and indeed Kings Barnes leading into the Dunhill Links and really completing uh, our own Dunhill Links experience. So um, so Andy, as always, mm -hmm. it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. You're more than welcome. And I'm looking forward to more next time. Um, okay, my friend. Okay, thank so you. everyone, thank you all for listening to this week's edition of the Golf Shake podcast. Again, for this late season, we hope you're out there tracking your scores and stats. Uh, do check out the Golf Shake website for all the latest news and features and articles and course reviews. And oh my goodness, there's everything there. New tuition series. And oh my, it's almost overwhelming how much there is on Golf Shake right now. I can tell you my workload has been rather extensive of late. But it's all very exciting. So, Andy, thank you once again. My name is Kieran Clark. I was joined on this week's Golf Shake podcast by Golf Shake ambassador Andrew Picken. As always on Golf Shake, we want you to play more and play better. Until next time, thank you for listening.